Well, we're continuing Junesicle July with our exploration of rock operas. That's right. For two months now, we've been covering all things rock opera. And after last week's coverage of The Who's Quadrophenia, we decided to double down and do another The Who this week. It's Tommy. How Star Wars is it? Good morning! Good morning! And also, and good, hi! And also, hi! Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. This is How Star Wars is it, is it, the only podcast of maybe four or five now. I'm going <laughs> to say the there's only maybe four one or five. of five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> welcome to the show. Here is yeah. the show where we rate and review Here is the show on a scale of <laughs> one to ten. Not about good or bad they are. But of how Star Wars they are. Yes, how Star Wars they are. What does that mean? Well, we take everything Star Wars, books, movies, TV shows, especially books. Yeah. That's, imp- that's All important. All the Star Wars books are, are factored in. That's why we say books first, is because <laughs> it's the most important. Yeah. And we, we take them all, we put them all into a pot, we put that, we put that pot to burn in. No, not burning. Simmering. Well, simmer. <laughs> Do we need we'll, to know. start over? <laughs> <laughs> we put that pot Here to burning. Here is the show where we put the pot to burning. <laughs> Here is the show. And everything in that pot is a 10 out of 10. And that's uh, how Star Wars is it. Yeah. Okay. You got it? And... Um... We, you know, we tend to do musical theater for the month of June, Junesicle Theater Month, and we didn't feel like we did enough rock operas this year in our Junesicle Theater Rock Opera Month, so we are extending Junesicle Theater into Junesicle July, and last week we covered The Who's uh, follow-up rock opera, Quadrophenia, but this week it's their first, That's right, Tommy. we did them out of order, we did them out of order on purpose. Yeah, because... Not really, just because. Uh, I hadn't gone yet to see it but it's playing here in chicago a revival of the musical which let's just get into this right now okay tommy was a record it was released in 1969 it had a couple of huge hits on it like pinball wizard and it's it's got it tells a story right had that happened before we've been looking at this like Hmm. rock opera wikipedia page for two months now and i can't remember but like i feel like this might have been the first rock opera yeah uh, it's definitely up there because it's 69. And regardless, while you're looking for that, it came out. And then in like 1975, they turned it into a movie. And then in like the early 90s, it became like a Broadway musical. And we just went and saw it here at the Goodman in Chicago revival of the 90s musical. And and we think perhaps like it, it sort of smells like maybe it's going to go to Broadway. You know, they do that. Yeah. in Chicago a lot or in San Francisco or yeah and and like the the director of the show from the 90s directed this one Ooh, so okay uh, but I I say all of that because this thing has had like a, a half a century lifespan at this point and it keeps transforming yeah and it's all sort of based around this album from 1969 so okay History of the rock opera, the, some people say, okay, they say that the Who's 1969 record, Tommy, was the first album to be billed as a rock opera, okay. but other ones came before it that were smaller and not as successful. Got it. 
So Pete Townsend denied taking any influence from SF St- Sorrow by the Pretty Things, which is generally acknowledged as the first rock opera. Okay. But it looks like Tommy is like if not the first rock opera, the first successful rock right. opera. Right. It's like the Oreo. Yes. Like exactly. Hydrox came out, but Oreo was like you guys want a cookie sandwich? We got a cookie sandwich like they, for you. Like right there here. may have been a thing that we would now call a rock opera, but they hadn't called it that yet, perhaps. Yeah, it's like yeah, a couple things came earlier, and a couple songs came before that could have been more rock opera y. But it looks like Tommy was the first one to uh, receive any kind of well to, to be billed as such right. to like come out and be like, this is a rock opera. Yeah, yeah. Whereas before things would come out that could be a rock opera, but they didn't have the name for it yet, apparently. Right. It's like the color so, blue. So yeah, this was it's like the color it's like the color blue. Which like um because Homer's The Odyssey is actually the first rock opera. <laughs> because it, he, he sails away from that rock. Yeah, and because he that's the thing I always think of about the color blue. Yeah, yeah. The you know, but it's mostly cuz it's mostly cuz he sails away from a rock. Yeah, yeah. 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 Speaking of and then, how language informs your actual perception of the world, I just saw Arrival uh, and fun we need great to talk movie. about that at some point maybe we'll talk about it on the yeah. patreon i i meant to sure. bring it up for this week's patreon but um that movie rips <laughs> yeah it's really cool i watched it like by myself two years ago just for fun and i was like i'm glad i watched yeah this. it was great but anyway tommy we're ladies and gentlemen we are tired of rock operas <laughs> we are tired of rock operas i texted i texted we're tired of them we we've watched let's see we've done how many nine no eight eight and and well, we've done eight three of them were like pieces of well no god not even that I, one was jesus christ superstar and the rest have been clunkers yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> not yeah, even yeah. clunkers well, like i love black parade and the what we're finishing out the month with i won't spoil it yet but yes, like yes it's either a great album and like the story is like oh the story's secondary this is a rock and roll album or right. the opposite like the story gets the focus and then it's just got like meandering music or like yeah or even somewhere in between where neither is particularly good <laughs> yes like repo or, or yeah like repo or it's like bloody bloody andrew jackson which is more of a rock musical less of a rock opera yeah, yeah. where the music is good but then the the shell of it is questionable yeah so anyway, this this began its life as an album, the sort of rock opera that you picture when you hear the phrase. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. just as like a brief synopsis, also like we should say the entire premise of this show kind of hinges upon like childhood abuse and the trauma resulting from yeah. that abuse. So yeah, I guess just like if, if that kind of thing sounds bad to you, that is really like the inciting premise for this entire story. So maybe this might not be the episode for you if that's not what you want to hear about, but maybe skip this one. If so, yeah, a boy, a boy's father is presumed dead in the war, but he actually comes back. But in the meantime, his mom like takes a lover. A lover. Dad comes back, kills the lover. The mother's just kind of like, okay with that. And yeah. little boy Tommy sees it all, and they kind of freak out because they're like, no one else will know, no one will be a witness, but, like, our kid saw it. And right. they, like, tell him, you saw nothing, you heard nothing, and then as a result... You'll say, you'll say nothing. You'll say nothing, yeah. Then he becomes, quote, deaf, dumb, and blind kid. Right. And he, he sure plays a mean pinball. He sure plays a mean pinball. He is psychosomatically so, yes. where he is not physically... Uh, 
can't, he, physically there's nothing stopping him from speaking, seeing, or or hearing. Right. But he uh, has emotional blocks that cause him not to per- uh, take any sensory information in. And then that gets abused by people close to him yeah. in yeah. like yeah. really upsetting ways. And in the from an actual sort of story standpoint, in the record, it's it's a rock album. So like the songs are still like rock and roll or like yeah. like fiddling about is what I'm thinking of. It's like silly sounding yeah but it's like with the really worst fucking dark yeah the worst subject matter of of any song ever but it's called fiddling about yeah like essentially his uncle is like molesting him because he can't do anything about it yeah and it's really dark i will upsetting. say in the show we went and saw here at the goodman that scene was very scary and upsetting mm. so they Took again this listen to our Patreon this week, patreon.com slash how Star Wars is it, where we talk about the fact that plays should be able to be changed by their production and their director at yeah. will. <laughs> yes. But but while that is still not really allowed, they, you know, took the story and they gave it proper gravity. It just it just that feels like a choice and so many of the choices in this feel like it was a rock and roll album written by someone in their 20s back in 1969. Right. So it's like I don't know is that really the story you want to like fucking tell? <laughs> yeah. Now it like I sure it was when you were 20 and like edgy. Yeah, but is exactly. it like now now that you're older and wiser is this seem like a good idea to yeah. put into your rock rock opera? Now have you seen the movie Mike? I saw it in college, so it's been probably right. 10 years, um, and I watched it the same night that I watched The Wall. Right, right, and right. And afterwards, it was like, you know, one in the morning, and I was like, I just gotta... And you made a sneed. Th- I gotta... That's I don't right. know. That's right. <laughs> I gotta play, like, Connect Four or something. <laughs> simple <laughs> outcome. <laughs> simple numbers. Yeah. Let's go. It's funny, yeah. The um, I already forget what the fuck that Thneed conversation even was. Because <laughs> I said that you were making an architecture thing, uh-huh. and I was like, because you watched everything all weird, it got all Susie in, oh, and you were yes. like, yeah, did I make a damn Thneed? <laughs> and we said you were the Onceler. Yeah, right. And then we talked about shipping and how they yeah, ship the Onceler with themselves. That's like yeah. a weird problematic internet. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, okay, so the movie is different in, than the musical and in two major ways. One, in the movie, the dad comes back, he's still alive, not dead, uh-huh. and then the new boyfriend kills the dad. Oh! So that's a huge difference, which I think actually works for the story more. I think that's tighter. Yeah, because... In, that would in, be more in, traumatic. More well, traumatic. maybe not, because like, this is the father figure you know if you're like six years old or however Tommy's supposed to be, but... I think he's supposed to be four when this all happens, yeah. which is like very young. But it to me it makes more sense because you've got like a lifetime after or like yeah. through his adolescence and into his early adulthood of Tommy, you've got this guy who's kind of taking advantage of Tommy and being a bad father figure yeah, to him. Because he's not and, his father. Because he's not his dad. Yeah. And it works better for me in that sense. Whereas if he's his real dad, I'm questioning why are you letting all this stuff happen to him? Yeah. Like you're supposed to like be taking care of this kid. Yeah. That's, whereas, that's a better story choice. Whereas if he's, the, if he is a stepfather or a, not even like a stepfather, but like a insert father right, figure right. here, him, him being a bad dad fits with the story a lot better. Whereas 
if he's a bad dad and he's his real dad, it's just like, well, why is he such a bad dad? He's just a bad dude. Whereas then they, they introduce this guy as kind of a, a rotten dude in the, in the movie. And then he continues to be a rotten dude throughout. And so you're like, okay, that makes sense. That's interesting because the record I'm, I'm on the album wiki right now. And it's saying sure. that the father killed the lover. Which yes, is what happens the in the same musical. In the, so like same as in the album, the musical, but they changed it for the movie, which is interesting. Yeah, that is. Interesting. I wonder if the director of the movie kind of got his way on things, despite the fact that the Who was all involved. Like right, that's the really interesting. The director is Ken Kenneth Ken Russell, who I don't know any of his other movies, but apparently was very like influential at the time in the '60s and early '70s. And I had a lot to say about, like, apparently he didn't like the music. Well, so... <laughs> which which is weird, but he liked the story. And I'm like, what are you talking that about? That is weird. So, okay, here's the thing. <sighs> I think the, of the whole record, like, 10 to 20% of it is good rock and roll uh, yes. music. <laughs> yes. And yes. a lot of it's like meandery or silly sounding or yeah. I don't know again there are melodies in it that are excellent and in fact uh when we went and saw the show pinball wizard was essentially the thing to see in act one it was the act right. one closer and it was just fucking awesome also this show is like a perfect example of like a really well polished turd because the Goodman sure. Theater has like unlimited money and right. the tech and set were phenomenal. The sound was great, the band was great, all the performers were great. At one point the like like the two army guys who come to the house to tell the mother that like we we've lost your father, he's presumed dead. They ride in on like old-fashioned bicycles that you see for 1 second and then they're gone again. It's like, wow, Whoa. Goodman, you have money. Um, you got real money, yeah. But so uh the the production, the spectacle was awesome. That said, even though it was like loud rock music, the story like made me nod off at points. And then Pinball yeah. Wizard happened, and I was like, yeah! And then at the yeah! end, they do that um, that kind of big, like, listening to you, other, blah, blah, blah. And it's like mm. a repeated refrain over and over and over. And by the end of that number, it is like the loudest the band has been. And all, like, 23 performers in the show are at the lip of the stage in a straight line, just like fucking singing their lungs out and like the room like stood up like it was yeah. I, I think we've talked about this before like people who love church so much just probably don't go yeah. to a lot of concerts <laughs> yes. like it it was a story that is at times incomprehensible and at other times upsetting and at other yeah. times still very boring and yeah. at the end I almost cried <laughs> Yeah, because, totally. Like, a bunch of people singing the same refrain over and over as loud as they can is like one of the coolest things that you can experience. Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like such a human experience and it's such a valuable human experience to hear that kind of loud music together. Yeah. It's a, it's incredible. And and what I what I'll say though for the movie is the movie doesn't necessarily get that cool. Right. 
because it's not in a live setting. Right. And I'm sure that if I saw the, which like, are we, here's the thing. Are we talking about the movie, the album or the musical or all three? Well, so for all of my like social media posts this month, I've been using the album covers because Mm. this month more so than last month have been albums that became other adaptations I know we, we right. spoke more specifically about like the wall, the movie when we talked about the wall, but I thought for this one, it's interesting that we, you watched the movie most recently. I saw a stage production most recently. And in the meantime, I've also been listening to the album. I think there's like juice there. Right. So I think we're doing kind of a combination here yeah. of all, of all of the above. Well, the movie doesn't have the benefit of being a live performance. So it doesn't like really get you in the feels of like, this feels like the part of the human experience. Right. But, like, Pinball Wizard does also totally still slap. Yeah. Because doesn't it's Elton John best... perform it? Yes, Elton John yeah. performs it. And it's the best part of the movie. Because it's, like, well, first off, first off, it's the best song. Right. And so... It's one of the, I will even argue, only songs. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say. <laughs> yeah, one of the only songs of the movie, which is weird because it's a rock opera. Right. You'd think there'd be more songs, like, but really it's... a very similar issue to Quadrophenia and The Wall, yes. but not of... Black Parade. Like, no. Black Parade is like, yeah, there's a story, but like, we're going to put the premium on writing songs that have like structure and beginning, middle, and end. Yes. <laughs> you know, it makes you think of anarchy again because a lot of this stuff makes us think of anarchy, yes. the improvised rock opera, which is our our a- a- improv show that we do here in Chicago. One of the best music improv shows in the game, That's if right. I do say so myself. That's right. Um, But it makes you think of that because we the thing we talk about all the time is that we go from recitative into song. Right. And so recitative in, in or recitative into aria, as it's known in opera. So in opera, recitative is the speech, the spoken part, quote unquote, yeah. even though it's still being sung. It is all the dialogue that would happen in a musical before you start singing. A perfect example in this album is, Tommy, can you hear me? Yeah. Tommy, can you hear me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like it like yes. sounds like how we do recitative. <laughs> yes, it does. But then, like, the problem is, and so then you go into the aria or the song, which is, like, typically more structured, has, like, maybe a verse-chorus structure, maybe sometimes, has a tagline that you come back to, something like that. Like, it feels more like a song as opposed to just, like, singing your words that you're talking. But then in this movie, in this album, in this musical, a lot of the times to me, it feels like we are stuck in recit and we never get to a song. And I'm like, where's the song? Yeah. And then you get Pinball Wizard, which is like this crazy cool song. Right. Which basically has any doesn't really have any recit to get into it at all, really. Yeah. But and then you get stuck in these in other the songs. Coolest way. Yeah. Like that that huge like Yes. <laughs> yes, it rules. And there's a reason why it's the hit from this album. Yeah. And why is it the only single? What are the singles? They also from? had I'm Free. Uh, so I, like I mentioned last week, I grew up listening to the the Who's Greatest Hits and right. um, I'm Free was one of them. And then I think also that like, um, see me, hear me. Right, 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 right. Touch me, heal me. <laughs> really good, really good. That's exactly what it sounds like. Also, it's weird that the song is We're Not Gonna Take It, and it's not, we're not gonna take it. Yeah, no, because that would be um, too hooky of a song. (laughs) Yes, it would. (laughs) I was like, who sings that song? It's definitely not The Who. And then I was like, 
why isn't it that song? <laughs> <laughs> you guys should like, rethink this. <laughs> I was like, maybe just do that you song here instead. You should keep that title, but um, get a band from 10 years from now to write yeah, you the to actual do it. song. Because that would be great. And I was kind of waiting for it because in my mind I was like, "Did the Who write? We're not going to take it." And then when it came up, I was like, "Oh, it's a different song." And then I was disappointed that it was a different song. <laughs> yeah. So two things: one, you started saying the major differences between the musical and the movie, and then the other oh, yes. was we said the beginning of the story, but we didn't right. even talk about where it goes from there. This deaf, dumb, and blind kid sure plays a mean pinball, and then everybody in town like flocks to him because he's good at pinball. To the right. point that he has a sort of um, fight clubby like cult of personality around him, like a Jesus Christ yeah. superstar sort of thing, or like a the wall thing when he becomes the fascist yes, ruler, or pretends to dr- or dreams, fantasizes that he... dreams about that happening. Yeah, and then this is this was another major difference I think in the stage musical we saw. He gets really big, and then he invites everybody to come stay at his parents' house, which is like the mm-hmm. welcome to the house or something like that. I can't remember yeah, the number. Yeah, welcome to this house this or house, something like that. Yeah. And then I kind of don't know what happens after that. So let me break it down for you. So in the in the movie, what happens – this is the ne- next major difference. In the movie, what happens is they come to him, and they're like looking for enlightenment. Yeah. And so what he does is he's like – what you got to do is you got to be deaf, dumb, and blind like I was. Right, and that didn't and so happen he, in the show. All these people no. came to him and once he so so his also his mother smashes the mirror that the doctor right. prescribes that, that he that look f- at or whatever, and that frees him that from his psychosis. He can see and hear and whatever, um, and sings "I'm Free." And then uh, yeah. in in the show, people are all like, "How do we be like you or whatever?" And he's like, "I just wanted to be like you or something like that." Right. Like, yes. 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 In the musical and and in the album, apparently he's or I'm not sure if it's what is in the album, but in the musical he's like, I just wanted to be like you, just be yourselves, and they're like, fuck that, that's not what we wanted to hear, and yeah. they rise up against him, and then they go, we're not gonna take, gonna it. take, dong dong dong, yeah. But and then the main difference being in the movie, he's like, you have to be like I was, so he like puts blinders and earplugs and like a plug in their mouth, yeah, and makes them all play pinball. And then they uprise from that, and they go like, "This, this isn't what we wanted," and say, "We're not going to take it." And then they kill his parents. Yeah, that did not happen in the musical. <laughs> and then he's free at the end by himself, and he like goes back to the waterfall where his his birth parents like uh, were on their honeymoon or something. So to me, um, what very I'm hearing weird. here is so so when we went and saw the show and the the one from 1991 that got revived just now it, or. I don't know if it's revived or what, but it was directed by the same director as the one in 1991. That's crazy. And the that playbill said, now. you know, directed by so-and-so, book by Pete Townsend. Right. And that made me think, okay, he- hearing these differences from the movie and the musical, it's making me realize Pete Townsend had 15 years after the movie came out to be like, yeah. no, no, no. Didn't like that. <laughs> it's the way I wrote the album when I was 20. <laughs> like, yes, exactly. And I think some of these story decisions by the, I, I ostensibly the film director or the screenplay writer, who wrote the, the yeah. film's screenplay? Oh, that's a good question. Let me let me see. Ken Russell. Yep, he, he wrote it as well. Okay. So, so the director also wrote it. Yeah. It, that... They needed this. Oh my God! How Star Wars is it? How uh, we're gonna do our show? They they needed the um 
the the Empire Strikes Back process where right. George was the guy, but um, what's his face directed it and what's his face wrote it. <laughs> right, 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 right. God, why can't I pull they had, either of those names? I can't pull them right now uh, either. It's okay. They had they had a they had a, a core. Is that right? They had a I don't know. They had a core product that was good or at least interesting. Yeah. And then they needed a director to come in and put his own spin on it. Because I think that the storyline in the movie makes more sense than the storyline for the musical or the album. Yeah. Or it like has more of a payoff to me. Yes. Because having Tommy go off and and be a cult leader that like does a bad job at being a cult leader and then having his parents die cuz his parents suck. Yeah. Throughout the entire thing. They yeah, are not good parents. In the play they're like they're not awesome, but they're like fairly supportive, but only in words because yet they still, you know, told him you will say nothing, you heard nothing, blah blah blah, right. and they let fucking Uncle Ernie come over whenever he wants. So like Right. And like there's a weird thing where his mom is always like almost goes off with Jack Nicholson and you're like, is she gonna leave for Jack Nicholson? Because Jack Nicholson's in the movie. That's right. The movie is stars. I know. Like Tina Turner is the, the uh-huh. Oh, so okay. Tell me this, because in the musical, I think I know what it was, and I sure hope it's not this way in the movie. Do they try to snap him out of his psychosomatic loss of sense by getting him fucked? Yeah, yeah. So that's so it seems that way, but it's actually drugs. Okay. In the stage show, drugs were certainly part of it, but like the lyrics are like, I'm gonna fuck your son. <laughs> like, it was really weird. And by then, what? in the show, I, I can't remember now if, if th- there were three different people who played Tommy at different ages. And I can't right. remember if it was still like adolescent Tommy or not. I think it might have been. It's like, what? Yeah. Well, it feels weird because like it's Tina Turner and she's a full grown woman. And then you've got, you've got, uh, who plays Irvin Kirshner, by the way, was the director of Empire Strikes Back. The name I was looking for was Lawrence Kasdan as the gotcha. screenwriter. He and Lee Brackett. And then Roger Daltrey plays Tommy. Right. Which I like think is an be... inspired choice. I don't remember yeah, how great. his acting was, but like that it's is like fine. the voice of the Who. Right. It's fine, but it's also like it just makes sense because he's he's the Who. Yeah. Inspired might have been a big word to use. But... <laughs> But it's interesting because he is like supposed to be like I think he's supposed to be sixteen at the time, and the lyrics are all her being like "one night with me and he'll be fine." And you're like, "Does that mean sex?" Because yeah. it sounds like it means sex. But then she like puts him into like a, a Iron Maiden looking thing, but it's futuristic and it pumps him full of drugs. Yeah, so like that's better. <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't know. It's weird. But yeah, there's there's choices that the movie makes that are very strange. Uh, there's, apparently, there's also choices that the musical makes which are really strange. And I would love to see the musical. Um, I don't know if I'm going to get to see it before it leaves. But I don't know. It's how st- I, th- I think that's our biggest point right now for how Star Wars it is, is that, yes, it needed a Empire Strikes Back person to come in right. and take the vision of the auteur yeah. and hone it a little bit yeah. and, like, polish it up a little like bit while before... the stage show had like truly like kind of excellent moments from a like just live event standpoint it's the prequels because it's just like all yeah. townsend's vision not to say that like a person can't have a vision and have that be what's executed but like sure. the prequels 
suffered because no one would say no to George Lucas. And in the 70s and 80s, everybody was fucking saying no to George Lucas. Yeah. And they were saying no to Pete Townsend and Roger Daltrey, where they were like, no, we're going to do a slightly different thing. Right, right. Do we have any crossover? Jack Nicholson is big, but he was never in Star Wars. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. Not that I can, not off the top of my head. Um, Eric Clapton? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's kind of fun. A lot of rockers. Yeah. And Elton all of John the Who. is so good in it. <laughs> yeah, all of the Who, for sure. No crossover I can think of. Um, do, we want to, do we have any other quick Star Wars points before we go to the break? It's a lot of men. A lot of men, yeah. It's another one of those. Okay, here's what I'll say. Out of all the rock operas we've done, they're all about like this one is the mo- is the most different because it's not about plot wise I should say I uh-huh. guess because it's not about just like a disaffected young white man who is then trying to figure out his place in society mm. it's like slightly different from that where it's like this is a broken down traumatized yeah well maybe it is still I about mean, a disaffected it's like young white splitting man hairs. it really it's, is it really it's is like a bit more like specific and medical than just like malaise right Right. they're like this guy is blind and cannot hear or speak yeah because he witnessed a murder (laughs) and it's like and this guy's just sad yeah so maybe it is just it is it is still there so it's still hard to this is a a bad month for yeah two white guys in their 30s to be talking about at length i know right rough we should i mean we already have a plan for next month unfortunately which is also very white guy in your 30s <laughs> but we'll uh, have to do like we'll have to do like i don't know fucking like so we'll have to like do maya angelou month <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> although i don't know that uh, that anyone needs to hear our thoughts on poetry <laughs> i know i was gonna say about poetry are we sure that we want to hear the two white guy 30 something's thoughts about any poetry ever <laughs> Especially by like a very influential black woman, yeah. I don't think they need to hear our thoughts. That that is the that is the, the curse of being the thirty something year old white man, yeah. where it's like you have your lane, right? That you can stay in, but nobody really cares about what you have to say about that kind of stuff. Yeah. But if you get out, but then if you get out of that lane, you probably shouldn't be talking about that kind of stuff. Well, hey, do you guys want to hear my take on this? <laughs> yeah, Jonah. Let's talk about Jonah Hill. Yeah. yeah. All right. 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 That that's what we could talk about. Yeah. Golly. Here, let's go to the break. Let's go yeah, to the break. Yeah. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Due to our mutual fear of making concrete decisions, Kevin and Thomas have a new comedy podcast that is 100% segments top to bottom. Every week, we spin a wheel of random podcast segments, complete absurd challenges, and get into petty squabbles. We bring on our favorite comedians and guests and even let you, the audience, decide what happens next to ensure we have as little control as possible. Check out Oops All Segments wherever you get your podcasts. Do it. And we're not gonna take it. Oh, that's good. I was gonna say, and we're free. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. That's good, too. I'm free. He's just running the beach. What's that? He's running on the beach in that song. Oh, were there beach fights? Uh, almost. There was beach joyfulness. We got a, a tweet, by the way, this week from Steven, our, our one Twitter friend. Oh, yeah. And he said something. Oh, he said he heard love rain over me at like a Starbucks or something from the Who's Quadrophenia. And like the one of the more recent tweet interactions we had was with Lior when he said, you guys got to do Quadrophenia. But yeah. that episode hasn't come out yet. 
And so when no, he hasn't. said that, I was like, that Starbucks might be telling the future. <laughs> yes, it is. We actually paid that Starbucks. Yeah, yeah. Right. This is this is guerrilla marketing on our part. Yeah. Um, here, I'm gonna move my screen over here. I have the game this week, and I'm gonna minimize some things. You okay? <laughs> <laughs> this this is a classic kind of half-assed crazy Hasui game. Yay, good. Called The Who's Tommy, Tommy Who, or Who's Tommy? Oh god. Oh god. <laughs> so I'm terrified. I'm going to say a thing. I don't even know if you could call it like a question or a clue. Maybe a clue. Yeah, and if you think what I'm describing is something out of The Who's Tommy, say The Who's Tommy. Mm-hmm. If I'm describing a different famous Tommy, you say Tommy Who? And then provide either their last name or like some indication that you know which Tommy I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And then, so, you know, like instead of in, in The Who's case, Tommy Walker, you might say it's Tommy blah, blah, blah. But you would start by saying Tommy who? And then who? Uh, if you think the thing I'm describing is a made-up rock opera in the vein of Tommy, but it isn't Tommy, but it rhymes with Tommy. <laughs> oh, God. You will say, who's Tommy? And then say what the thing is. Okay, so gotcha. So it's The Who's Tommy, Tommy the Who's who, Tommy, Tommy or Who. Or Who's or Tommy? Who's Tommy? <laughs> okay, gotcha. Okay. Question one. <laughs> Clue one. Clue one. A boy witnesses his father, presumed dead, murder his mother's lover, and as a result, loses the power to speak, hear, and see, kind of. The Who's Tommy? That's correct. <laughs> yes, good. Okay. Okay. A guy plays pinball really well to the point that he becomes like Jesus? Still the Who's Tommy? Yes, that is also the Who's Tommy. Okay. Great. A screwdriver wielding infant known for saying, A baby's gotta do what a baby's gotta do. Tommy who? Tommy Pickles. <laughs> that is correct. That is Rugrats' <laughs> own Tommy Pickles. And you nailed the delivery of how to answer that type of question. <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, we're yeah, plowing yeah. through. There's only like 13 of these. We're going to be. Oh, good. This episode's going to be 40 minutes. <laughs> great. Love that. Uh, okay. <laughs> a rock opera about a nice lady who plays pinball, written from the point of view of her children. T- uh, who's Tommy? Mommy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that fictional rock opera is called Mommy. <laughs> yeah, that's Mommy. Mommy, can you hear me? Mommy, can you hear me? Uh, okay. That's good. The breaking of a mirror miraculously cures a dissociated boy. That's the who's Tommy? That's correct. Okay. <laughs> this actor was in Up in Smoke with partner Cheech Marin. Tommy who? Uh-huh. Is his name Tommy Chong? Yeah. <laughs> That's his full name? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know his first name was Tommy. Yep. That's funny. Uh, okay, number seven. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. A cured sausage experiences <laughs> childhood trauma and becomes good at pinball. <laughs> Who's Tommy? Wait, is that right? Yeah. Who's Tommy? Salami! <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, of course. It's the famous oh, rock man. opera Salami. Yeah. I just like picturing the album cover is that sort of, it almost looks like a microphone cover or like a shattered glass, like uh, clouds. But instead of that, it's like the round shape of salami yeah, and it's got a salami. little cutout. Maybe I'll That's Photoshop really that. Maybe I'll do that tonight before Caitlin gets home from her class. That's a great idea. The Who, Salami. The Who. Trying to think, what would salami. some of the songs be from that? Uh, still Pinball Wizard, obviously. <laughs> yeah, right. Because in um, this show, that is still the same. Um, I'm free of free. I'm free of nitrates. Ah, that's good. And sulfates, maybe. Uh, I've I've got at least one verb change in that refrain you hear over and over. See me, feel me. Munch me, <laughs> peel me. <laughs> yeah, we'll think of some more. Yeah, we'll think of some more right now. I <laughs> uh, hear, and okay, all right, here we go. <sighs> well, I mean, the one that just keeps coming to mind is Salami. Can you hear me? <laughs> salami, can you hear me? Uh, okay. What are the other? What are the other songs? This damn show. By the way, if we make Salami the rock opera a musical we could do what green day did with american idiot and fold in the entire next album they released too we could do salami and then have beach fights and scooters from quadrophenia salam raffinia yeah. <laughs> quadras pepperonia <laughs> pepperonia yeah something uh, quadrophenia i can't I, I don't got it okay got number it. eight an American fashion designer famous for preppy menswear. Tommy who? Tommy Hilfiger. That is correct. Uh, <laughs> Chris Farley drives across the country with David Spade in an attempt to save his family automotive brake pad business. Tommy who? Tommy Boy. Yes. Well, I also would have accepted Tommy who? Tommy Callahan. <laughs> oh, there you go. His actual name. Yeah. A series of songs that loosely tell a story about a sad and abused paper crane. Who's Tommy? Origami. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Feel me. Fold me. <laughs> so stupid. Well, yeah, uh, so what good. other things might uh, that record have? Um, pinball wizard is obviously still pinball the same. Wizard. <laughs> St- that stays the same no matter what. Yeah. Hmm. I like trying to find a track list. I'm going to pull up a track list. It's a crane, Mrs. Walker. It's a crane. <laughs> <sighs> oh, folding about. Yeah. <laughs> folding about, folding about, folding about. Can we talk about how there's a song about Christmas where they're like, we're so sad he doesn't know what Christmas is, he oh, can't be yeah. saved. Like, and it's like that that is a, that is like an idea that never comes up again in the whole show. No, right. Where they're worried they're worried about his like soul about Doesn't being know who saved. Jesus was or what praying is. It's like okay, is this a religious family and then it never comes up again ever. It's yeah, very weird. Right. And I, I suppose the answer to that is yes cuz it's like the 20th century in England. Right. But I guess they're religious, but they're also like terrible to their child. You know, that was the other thing when we saw the show, they're true to the timeline of when it came out so it's like post-war yeah. england when the show starts i don't know that the father coming back from war needs to always be world war ii no. or that everyone needs to be english that's true uh, you could argue that it is 
good to go that way because pinball is not like a real thing anymore. Of course, it's at right. certain places. It hasn't gone away, but like the culture around like arcades is different Has now. But but it's like it's um magical realism enough yeah. to where it could just be pinball could just be the thing. Yeah. Why not? And and everyone here at, at, at the Goodman is like top of their game. So like the dialect work was like fairly good, but like right off the bat, when you hear that, like kind of like announcement that says like, please silence all cell phones and blah, 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 whatever. And I was like, why does it sound like someone's doing a British accent? Right. And then the show yeah. started. I was like, Oh, everyone is <laughs> right. I forgot about that, that part of the show. Sucks. <laughs> It doesn't need that at all. No. It doesn't need it at all. Um, okay, a couple more. Okay. A different clothing brand, famous for vacation shirts. Who's... Wait, Tommy who? Tommy Bahama. That is right. That's right. Good. Uh, okay. An actor known for Men in Black, The Fugitive, and Batman Forever. Tommy who? Tommy Lee Jones. That is correct. And our last one is Roger Daltrey plays the leading role of a giant tidal wave that stares in a mirror in Japan. <laughs> Who is Tommy? Tsunami. <laughs> that is Very correct. Good. That was the Who's Tommy, Tommy Who, or Who's Tommy. <laughs> yes. Very good. I love that game. <laughs> Okay, another... I should have just called the game "Fiddling About." <laughs> yeah, because really, that's what we were doing. Yeah. I, I, I want to. I have another beef to raise with this show. Raise your beef. beef. Now raise your beef if you want beef and do that's a beef. One, that's one of the songs in Salami the Musical. Yeah. Is raise your beef. <laughs> yeah, there's pink songs in it. <laughs> yeah, there's pink songs in it. Why not? Not if pink. Put the not... rock star from Pink Floyd's no. "The Wall," but pink no. the rock star from the real world. From the real world. You think that's why she named herself that? Uh, who knows? She Maybe. loves the wall. <laughs> she fucking loves the Have wall. You seen that clip of Pink doing like a thousand backflips on like a trapeze rig? <laughs> no. It's, Wait. It's that song like at a so concert. What? I'm still a rock star. And yeah, like her concerts are like these aerial spectacles, and this thing just like. <laughs> Slingshots her across an arena. Okay, I have seen and that. She's yes, doing like a thousand backflips, and she lands super far away. It is nutty. That is wild. <laughs> okay, here's my beef that I'm raising. It's hard to tell if the parents are supposed to be loving and good parents or if they're evil and bad parents. Yes, in the movie, right, that right. is, because they leave him with his shitty cousin and shitty uncle to get abused. Yeah. But then they're also like, Tommy, can you hear me? Yeah. And they're like trying to cure him. Yeah, they, they, it's, it's a, very a stronger, weird. like, dramaturgical choice would be that they don't care about him. Yeah, at all. And, and their Tommy, can you hear me can be out of aggravation as opposed to like trying to get to him. Yeah. And he could just be a burden. Yes. Like maybe the first part is they're trying so hard and then when they can't get through to him, then they're like, all right, let's just leave him with his shitty cousin. They'll leave him with his right, right. shitty uncle or something. Because it's like they go back and forth and it's very weird. Cause it, doesn't, it doesn't like it's not consistent. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of it, it like hurts the story, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Agree. Anyway. Yeah. There were Star moments. So when we when we saw the show and we were waiting for the train afterwards to, to come back home. I was looking at the playbill and just like kind of still thinking about it. Cause again, truly that like last number like made me teary eyed and they're not saying anything. 
No. There's there's not a story that will make you cry in this story. No. But uh, just the like power of like 23 people facing you and singing the same words. Uh, and I, I said to Caitlin, um, boy, that was good. Well, no, no, it wasn't. But there were parts <laughs> that were so good. Hey, what would you say is the story of the Who's Tommy? <laughs> and then she just like went beat for beat describing what happened in the show. But like every so often she'd go, and then his uncle or his dad's friend uh, clones himself a bunch. So in the in the staging of that number, oh. there's like a, a bunch of people all dressed like him to kind of increase the kind of menace of like, oh, sure. you know, we're not seeing him actually like, you know, molest this child, but like right. the choreography is like spooky. But like every right. so often we would just get to a point and we'd go, and then this happened? Like right. he became either a rock star in the sense that like he is singing or maybe he was just singing cause it's a musical. <laughs> right. And then all of his friends go to his parents' house and stay there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then yeah. they, they leave. Just... <laughs> yeah. It's like, why do they leave in the, in the musical? Cause in the movie, like they kill his parents and then they're like, we're done with you. Yeah. It just feels like a stronger choice. It's like choice. trying to describe with seriousness, the plot of high school musical two. Mm, impossible to do like first of all by the way we've we've since watched that again just in the past couple of weeks we we watch that movie probably three or four times a year maybe all yeah. three but no, certainly more two. than that mike more than that two is I, crazy I, yeah right here's a thought we we might just need to revisit high school musical 2 at some point i know we already covered all three of them but um we totally could the guy who runs lava springs country club mm-hmm. his name is fulton mm-hmm. and he's like the main foil to Troy Bolton. Yeah. And he's constantly like, Bolton. <laughs> they never Bolton. they never kind of like wink in a way that's like making a joke of, of how their names sound alike. And they should. And and it's like not quite exactly it's like Fulton and Bolton, but like you you could have named him anything. Right. This was imaginary names. Yeah. I, you made these up. We we've talked about this a number of times. Like, <laughs> why wasn't Fulton just like Carmichael Francisco? Yeah, it's like it's like they were like, okay, yeah, and then who's like the the kind of guy who gets in the way of Troy Bolton and all of his friends? Uh, we don't know yet, but he's like the foe of Bolton. We'll just call him Fulton for now, and then we'll change it at some point. <laughs> Fulton. So anyway, that that is one of a thousand things about High School Musical two that I could revisit. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot. It's a deep, deep, rich vein. Yeah. <laughs> and that concludes our episode about how or how Star Wars High School Musical 2 yeah. is. Um, what, what else is Tommy in Star Wars? Um, I don't know. Tommy is not very... I mean, he's a Christ figure, kind of. Well, in the movie from the 70s, all those followers uh, have to like wear a bunch of crazy things on their face. Yeah, Which it's true. Feels kind of stormtroopery. Yeah, I mean, like every like so many characters have like breathing problems weird, or like, yeah, breathing apparatuses. Yeah. it's true. It's true. By the way, I am still like somewhat regularly watching Star Trek: The Next Generation, and like I'm I'm close to just stopping with the Star Wars. <laughs> just like there will be an entire episode about like an android who wants to be like a human in like a cute way or like uh, a person whose vision 
is impaired but also sort of better than everyone else's and i'm like mm-hmm. and in the meantime people are like jizzing over the new poster and promotional materials for ahsoka i'm gonna watch that show probably i like the ahsoka character the poster is just kind of a poster yeah it's nothing it's, it's not fine. terribly exciting from a story standpoint nor is it exciting from a poster design standpoint a graphic design standpoint <laughs> yeah. no. it's just a it's a fine poster <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing exciting. Really so anyway, that. I'm I'm gonna jump ship and go to Team Star Trek at some point. <laughs> Full Star Trek. We're changing the name. We're changing the whole show. Yeah, we're, we're this show still is now. Do how Star Wars is it? But we're gonna hate it. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna hate it, and we're just gonna be like, ugh. We're gonna be begrudging. Yeah. That's our new thing. Uh, but but so okay, yes. There's like followers. There's like you killed my father kind of thing. Mm, yeah, um, sure. There's inconsistency with its like subsequent generations. That whole thing yes, about like Lucas true. needing naysayers. Um, it's not as consistent as star Wars is. The music isn't as good as star Wars no. is as star Wars Man, is. Townsend really does feel like a George Lucas in this because like he got his hands back on it. And made it the way he wanted it to be. You know, it's like the special yeah, editions. Totally. Um, totally. That that might be our biggest point yet. World War Two has its handprint on it. Yeah. That's kind. What of... is it with every rock? Every rock opera has to be about World War Two, apparently. Yeah. Because everybody who wrote rock operas had dads in World War Two. Yes, that's accurate. That's exactly uh, why. I'm free. The wall, Quadrophenia. Yeah. A mystical thing like makes the guy you know, able to see again. Yeah, freedom. And, like, enlightenment. These are some pretty good points. I'm trying to find, like, the track listing. Oh, that's a good idea. I got it pulled up right here. We got Overture. Star Wars has Overtures. That's true. It's a boy. Everyone's a boy in Star Wars. Yes. 1921 or 1951, depending on the album or the movie. Because the album is World War One. Oh, is it? It's another big difference, yes. Not World War Two, yeah. Amazing Journey. Star Wars is an amazing journey. Oh yeah, you know, I think the the musical we saw may have been World War One too. Now that now that you say that, I think the musical is World War Two. Oh okay. I don't know for sure, Man, but I think that when I was reading it about the differences, that was one of them. This is a how Star Wars point, but only from the point of view of the show I saw here in Chicago at the Goodman. They had this like rig that was used for so many different purposes because it's like it's it's on flies like there's there's two horizontal like tubes almost like imagine like a light tube that mm-hmm. you'd see in like a warehouse light type of thing but it's the mm. entire width of the stage and there's a high one and a low one and their their heights relative to one another can change or maybe only one is visible and and then the same idea but vertical and they're like slid along tracks in the stage Ooh. and so at any point there could be like a square that's effectively the size of the proscenium or it could be like a cross like where all of them are right next to each other and they move around in this way like did you ever play Battlefront 1 Star Wars Battlefront um yes but i think so it was a long time so ago so when though. when the map is loading before you actually play the game there's that thing that goes Blop, 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 blop. 
bloop, 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 oh yes bloop. it looks yeah. like those like those like oh, verticals cool. and horizontals coming together and they use them as like doorways they use them as like i said crosses they use cool. them all the time and sometimes they're just like moving um, other Fun. times they're like a window that someone's looking out through and the a- amount of illumination on it is controllable as well. So like sometimes if they come together oh. as a window, it's just the area of the window that's lit and all the other bits of tube are just like dark. Um, that's really cool. And I was like, A, that's lightsabers and B, that's Star Wars Battlefront 1 loading yeah, screen. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's some points for you right there. incredible. And then the other thing was there was like the proscenium that had the front face and it also had like a return depth, like a, a foot of, you know, depth that moved upstage. And there were like three of those gradually moving upstage. And they had all these visuals like projected onto them and like video and everything. And then I realized at one point, like no one's casting any shadows on them and they are not in fact projection surfaces. They are all like just huge LED screens. Whoa. Like, the money in this show, I just can't Imagine. wrap my head around. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, not the projector are I cheap, guess. but like a projector, you know, like a show or a theater might have a projector. Right. Yeah. The, the visuals and the sound and the tech and like the guns firing. At one point, they're uh, paratrooping out of a plane, like at the very beginning, the, the dad or whatever. And, uh, one by one, guys wearing backpacks would jump down the bottom of the fuselage of a plane and disappear because it was Whoa. like a trapdoor down to below the stage. And then cool. like the next like little piece of that sequence was the dad like coming down Glinda style on a parachute Whoa. and like people like shooting at him. Like That's crazy. it was nuts. And like I said, there were the bikes at one point and um our friend who was in the show uh skateboards for again like one second (laughs) nice Uh. like man you guys this show has a little bit of everything (laughs) you got everything you could want it's like when a new video game comes out and it's like people are spending 70 bucks on this so it can't just be an adventure there's got to be side quests there's got to be gardening there's got to be a little (laughs) game you can play inside the game (laughs) yeah yeah double game inception game yeah Yeah. there's got to be bikes there's gotta be skateboards scooters um some other Beach fourth thing for the for the fourth ninja turtle to ride yeah yeah roller skates that's what it is oh thank god okay phew that i mean i really wish i could see it i don't know if i'm gonna get to we'll see uh i had a friend who worked on it basically he was telling me he just took pictures for it and backstage like pictures but he said that it came together really well yeah. so as it sounds really cool yeah it honestly it kind of reminded me we were talking about this on on our little twitter dm thread with michael delaney about the spongebob musical it reminded me Mm. of that where it was just like you left going like that was so fun and then if you think for one second about what you saw you're like nothing was good but like it was spectacular (laughs) it was spectacular the whole thing was a spectacle for sure (laughs) all right let's give this dang thing a rating yeah i think so let's see i'm gonna get my unit of measure is gonna be hmm, i mean giant boots that elton john wears (laughs) that's funny mine is also kind of related to that scene buzzers and bells Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, can't mm -hmm. hear no buzzers and bells i think with the um like the george lucas angle the george lucas angle takes it up to a three for me yeah yeah 
I think that's what I'm I think say. so too. I think three, you know, so I guess it's two buzzers and one bell. Yeah, mine's two, two, three boots, two and a, one and a half pairs of boots. Which is, you know, when you when you got Elton John boots, that is practically three. That's He's got electric yeah. boots, a mohair suit. You know, I read it in a magazine. Yeah. I, I didn't know the mohair suit lyric, and I was like, what's he saying? And then I was like, oh, I know. I know what we're talking about. <laughs> All right. We did it. This is, well, next yeah, week will be us. the end of rock opera yeah. for us. But this is our last episode of recording rock operas. We are done with the rock operas. Yeah. It's time to do something that's a little more tangible. Yeah. yeah and then if actually... we do musical theater again in next June Sickle Theater, maybe you, may, we might do a Hedwig. We might sure. do another Broadway show that rocks. But I... Uh, part of me also wants to just do like my fair lady. Like, what if we? Yeah, I know, right? What if next year, guys like, and dolls, high school musicals, Forty <laughs> Second Street, <laughs> singing in the rain, singing in the rain, uh, Rogers sound- and Hammerstein's Cinderella. <laughs> yeah, something very tame yeah. and boring. boring. <laughs> but boring, and you could take your grandma to it instead of boring and like you. Uh, you Can't don't know that you should take to yourself to it. <laughs> yeah, where you're like, I'm more nervous about my innocence. Yeah. Is it lost? Yeah. Yes, it is. Let's do like a Gershwin review. Yeah. You know what I mean? Something really simple. <laughs> R-E-V-U-E. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like one episode next June is just us singing. <laughs> Doing little skits. Nice work if you can get it. <laughs> and you can get it if you try. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's the whole episode. Boy. It's just us. I love that. All right, let's get out of here. Yeah. Uh, do you want us on the internet? Because if you do, you can find us at How Star Wars Is It on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. Yeah. You can email us at a good podcast at gmail.com because that's what this is. That's right. And I mentioned it a little bit ago, but we also have a Patreon if you'd like to support the podcast in a monetary way. We release a yeah. bonus episode every week and. Uh, we have all sorts of backlog of film commentaries and longer form. Uh, we we did some improv in there, and we did mm-hmm. uh, RPGs. What? Did you say that already? Did you already say RPGs? Oh yeah, we did RPGs. We did March Madness. Um, yes, the brackets. So go check that out at Patreon.com/slash How Star Wars Is It, and um. I, this offer extends until we are unable to get tickets. I don't know when yeah. when yeah. the run ends, but uh, if we get five new patrons in the month of July, which we'll keep track of, um, we'll keep track of. we will both go and see the Empire Strips Back Star Wars yep. burlesque show together. And if we get 10 new patrons, we will stare at each other twice <laughs> while we're there. <laughs> For 90 forgot, seconds I, each time. I forgot about that. I forgot about that part. <laughs> I actually don't like that part anymore. <laughs> I take that back. I don't want to do that. <laughs> but it's too late. We already promised you would, so we have that's to. That's right. And, I mean, that's five patrons. That's five whole patrons. Yeah. That's good. That's a good money Ten, right there. Ten, I mean, technically. <sighs> yeah. So, yeah, check us out right. on Patreon. Um, come see Anarchy the Improvised Rock Opera. If you can't get enough of this rock opera talk with the two of us, we return to the IO Theater here in Chicago in the middle of August. So, mm-hmm. uh, and our shows are more fun than these shows. Yes, without a doubt. Yeah, more fun for sure. Are they as good as? Also, yes. <laughs> is is the best Anarchy song better than Pinball Wizard or the Black Parade? 
Probably not. But no. is the worst Anarchy song better than most songs on Tommy by a country mile? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will say yes. I will say yes. Which is probably crazy to say. And we're going to have people in our comments being like, that is a wild thing to say, but we're saying it, yeah, folks. We're saying it. Did I say, by the way, oh, we should have said this already. Um, when we went to the Minneapolis Festival and did an anarchy show there, the we get our, our suggestion for our show, listeners, is a location like a Starbucks right. or a bathroom. Um, and the suggestion was arcade. And there's an arcade across the street, and a bunch of us had just come from there. Um, like an arcade bar or whatever. And like minutes in, Rainy is the protagonist. And the thing that she really wants more than anything is to be the best at pinball. <laughs> and she kept holding out her hand kind of like this. I'm I'm miming holding like more of like a baseball size thing, like Hamlet yeah. holding the skull. And I lean over during the song when she's doing that to whoever was next to me, Heather or Allie. And I was like, the fuck is she holding? And she realized while singing about pinball that what she meant was skee-ball. Skee-ball. Because that was, like, in the front of this arcade and we were all playing it. Yeah. And then, so, like, throughout the show, we kept calling people, like, Tommy and, like, Pete <laughs> Townsend. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, I was like, man, you you chose a, a facet of arguably the most famous rock opera in the world yes. to show a whole audience of people who have never seen our show that we do an improvised rock opera. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if we can sneak this one by him. That's incredible. I love that. Ski ball, pinball. Who, who's going to say the difference? Yeah. Anyway. That's, that's incredible. I, I just remembered that little anecdote. Um, but thanks for listening to the show. And you only thanks have one more folks. week of rock operas before you're back to... Well, Batman. <laughs> yeah, we'll do Batman for a little bit, and then we'll be back to your regular scheduled programming. Yeah. Uh, that's about it. So it's, uh, it's about time for Toby Bye Bye. So, sandwiches of Star Wars. It's about time for Toby Bye Bye. Uh-huh. So, like we always say, we love, love you. you. And may the fourth be with you. Bye bye. That's right. For two months now, we've been reviewing rock operas. And after last week's coverage of The Who's Quadrophenia, we cited... I'm just going to take all of that again because it was really long. Well, blobbly, 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 blobbly. This could go at the end.